Hi, I'm Joe Jacobson at Wickham Wanderers and you're listening to Wickham Sound. The Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show on the back of a nil-nil draw, a clean sheet and a point uh, and heading in towards the game against Bristol Rovers. If you caught Ring in the Blues on Tuesday with Phil, you'll have had all the reaction from last Saturday. We'll speak to Phil again in a few moments' time with our match briefing to look ahead to the trip to Bristol Rovers, not without controversy uh, as well, as you'll hear. Uh, also, we'll speak to Freddie Potts, who of course is on loan from West Ham. We'll catch up with manager Matt Bloomfield, spoke to both at the training ground, uh, looking ahead to this weekend's games and to get the latest uh, feeling amongst the squad as well. Lots more to bring you in the next hour. We'll hear from Chairman Rob Kuig, who spoke to uh, Rob and Nigel and the team at Adams Park on Saturday. Some interesting news to bring you there. Uh, also, we'll catch up with, uh, big thanks to uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, Larry Pritchard, a midfielder who played for both Wanderers and Sutton United ahead of the two teams coming together again in the League Cup or EFL Cup uh, next Tuesday evening, another Tuesday night. Of course, we've not had Tuesday night action this week. Also, of course, over the weekend, we had the uh, Women's World Cup final. England just falling short, a 1-0 defeat against Spain. Uh, we've got a report from Wickham Wanderers Women on how uh, the uh, Lionesses have influenced them. We'll hear from Captain Cara Howes, a number of the other players as well, as well as uh, first-team manager Carl and some of his coaching staff as well. Uh, very much looking forward to bringing you that. We'll chat to Mark Gayskill as well, who's the chief executive of the Wickham Wanderers Foundation. If you're listening to last week's show, we uh, heard from Martin O'Neill, who's been uh, inducted as the Foundation's honorary president. That was on the pitch last Tuesday evening. Uh, we'll catch up with uh, the chief executive as well to find out uh, more about their plans and also uh, fantastic news about a couple of fundraising events involving the honorary president, which you're going to want to know about as well. Lots more to bring you in at the next hour on this week's Wickham Wanderer show, uh, which uh, not only uh, is broadcast live <laughs> on a Thursday at 7 but also has a podcast version available which you can listen to at your leisure normally available uh, the day after wherever you get your podcast from as part of the uh, match build up here on Wickham Sound let's first though catch up with Phil who I spoke to at the training ground and uh, find out uh, what the atmosphere has been like this week in the build up to Saturday's game yeah big focus on the game I think an element of frustration from Saturday not winning a lot of the fans frustrated that Wickham didn't beat Burton Albion and, and, and the first half showing you could understand it if they'd got that first goal I think it would have been a comfortable victory but they didn't and Burton dug in so there's been an element of frustration around the place because of that uh, but equally there's been more and more time on the training ground uh, when you consider where we are in the season the amount of new players we have as well I think a vital week really for the club a bit of a blow with the injury to Jack Grimmer as well. Yeah, never nice to see an injury. And it was one of those at the time on the commentary. It, was, it wasn't it was obvious what had gone on. It was an off-the-ball one. And they always tend to be the worst sorts of ones. So uh, the gaffer's just confirmed he's out for a little while. Uh, and that's a big blow because not only is he a, a great player, but he's second longest serving player now at Wickham Wanderers. A real stalwart, someone who can really be relied upon and a great character. So it'd be a big miss on a match day. But a good cover in that position as well. Yeah, good cover in the squad um, and the window's still open too. Uh, so yeah, so there is good cover there and equally uh, it's a good option for commentary as well because Jack's done it in the past and he's a good lad on there too. No, absolutely, a good signing for you for, for yourself. <laughs> and, and really nice that, you know, the, the, the way the team's playing at the moment, it really feels like, you know, certain things are starting to click and you, you can see the, the, the style of play that the manager's starting to, to put on the team. Yeah, you can see things now starting to, to develop and the identity starting to come through. I don't think it's there yet, certainly in certain passages of play. We've seen uh, glimpses of it. Uh, against Leighton Orient um, but I think the more games that happen uh, we're going to see more and more of what, of what it's all about and hopefully we can get into a bit of rhythm and, and start putting some results together and obviously the manager not so keen to talk about some of the new players versus the current ones but uh, I couldn't talk to you about it I'm sure it's been really impressive how the, the new players have settled in yeah well there's, there's lots of them um, it's the first time for a long time we've had such a high turnover but um, like always it's down to characters and they've signed some really good characters uh, as well as some good players so uh, yeah it's been interesting to see how it all uh, develops up here uh, and the bond is really strong already uh, and a lot of the younger boys as well really enjoying being around the place and adding some youthful energy too and some of the music's not so great in the gym I have to say but you know I might be showing my age there myself but yeah it's great to have some new faces new energy uh, on and off the pitch. And Bristol Rovers is a place that, uh, that we've been to many times before, but uh, as we know, it'll provide a number of number of tests. 
Yeah, uh, not so least for the fans. Uh, just 500 uh, tickets available on a, on a day where there's a national rail strike as well, which doesn't make it uh, any easier for anybody. But uh, yeah, just on an open terrace, no seats available, which is against the EFL regulations. We know Bristol Rovers are having issues with their stadium and, uh, and the EFL are aware of that. Um, and you know, I feel for the for the Disabled Supporters Association, who were due to be running a bus to this game, uh, they can't now due to the fact there's no real guarantees of of where people can safely be put, um, and certainly away from other Wickham fans if they were to attend. Uh, the club did apply for a beanbag facility, which Bristol Rovers endorsed uh, and helped us with, um, but the EFL have blocked that, so um, that doesn't help. Um, so yeah, not not the best for travelling fans um, on the pitch. It's always tough to go and play against a Joe Barton team. He gets them well drilled. I think they've had a really good pre-season, uh, and they look to be continuing from a, a decent campaign last time as well. And at the time of speaking, they've still got some of their big hitters up top. Collins is a player that really caught the eye last season, um, so it will be difficult there. And for someone like yourself, you know, calling the game must be fantastic or interesting, certainly, to see you know other teams and their new signings and how they're they're gelling as well. Yeah, it's a lot of work this time of year because it's getting to know all of the new signings, and you know they've had lots of comings and goings, as have most uh, teams in League One. Uh, it's not an easy place to commentate. Um, you know, it's it's an old quirky ground, and as much as I love those for the atmosphere they create, it's sometimes from a from a from a, a technical point of view not the easiest. Um, but if everything's working, the view's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I love reading about all the new players and, and seeing the new systems and how it all, it all settles in. This first 10 games of the season is is really tough because there isn't really any form to go by. Everyone's putting in weird performances. You get the odd sort of result with a bit of an anomaly. Um, so yeah, so it's difficult to kind of put any sort of narrative together. Um, but, you know, the games in isolation are, are narratives of themselves, really, and there's lots going on around it. Uh, there's great characters around it and, and big characters and big stories to, connected to this game. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing uh, what stories we can write on Saturday. And we'll hear more from the manager later on the show as well, but something that he flagged up um, when he spoke to you after the game on Saturday was the, you know, the solid foundation which seems to be being built. Is that something that's, that stood out for you as well? Yeah, yeah, like I say, the clean sheet was important. Um, I think with Jack Grimmer getting injured, it kind of doesn't help in terms of trying to find that settled um, back three or or back five or however you look at it in terms of the spine of the team. Um, But, you know, we have to continue to adapt to do so. And, you know, Joe Lowe's come in and and been excellent the last two games. So uh, as one door closes, another opens. Is there anything you're kind of expecting or hoping to see on Saturday? Uh, well, as I said, it's very difficult to predict what goes on at this stage of the season. You know, I'd love to see a Wickham Wanderers win, of course I would. We're on a hat-trick of red cards for opposing managers. Uh, will we see that on Saturday to, to complete the hat-trick? I don't know. I'm, I'm certainly saying I don't hope I see it. But, you know, it's never dull when these things happen. Um, so, you know, it's always nice to report on what goes on, whatever happens. But, yeah, I really hope we put in a good performance. And if the performance is there, then there's a fair chance the result will follow. Enjoy the game. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Phil will be bringing you full live commentary from the Memorial Ground. Phil will be bringing you full live commentary from the Memorial Phil will be bringing you full live commentary from Bristol Rovers on Saturday with Johnny King summarising. You'll get match build-up from two uh, live here on Wickham Sound 106.6 and on Wanderers TV as well. And uh, just a reminder too that if you missed Ringing the Blues uh, this week, which uh, is available in podcast form but also live, of course, now on a Tuesday night, Phil spoke to Rob Kuig to find out some of his plans for the coming months. The chairman also uh, spoke to uh, Rob as well our Rob and also Nigel on uh, Saturday as part of the pre-match build-up at Adams Park in the car park and even I got a mention. I was planning on being here for the last home game and instead I I had something come up and I couldn't come and I'm sitting there on the couch one minute before the game and Missy said how how do you think I said I have not been this excited for a season (laughs) since we bought into the club it gets under your your skin doesn't it five minutes later she said how you doing I said I'm just so grateful I'm not one of these guys who's looking around for a pistol (laughs) Uh, Tuesday night what a great night for the and 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 you know what made a bit obviously the win always makes a difference you know that but but the other thing these guys in the terrace Yep. have brought a new dimension to us that has not existed since COVID, I don't think. Yep. And they've done it, what I like about it, they've done it on their own. It's not, you know, out there and it's brought a, a real good sense. You talk to the players, 
they absolutely love it. Yeah. Mm. They really do. And there was a real vibrancy on Tuesday night. Yeah. And we, they took it to the next level. And, and I, I think it was what got us over the line in the end. I do, too. I really do. And, of course, the fact that we got to play an extra hour and a half of football. <laughs> no. What's that all about? <laughs> I mean, it's becoming more American by the day, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, the best bit of all, of course, is the new rules also say if you get sent off and you're a manager or a coach, you can't then go and do the press. So... Uh, Late Norian couldn't do any press because they'd all uh, been sent off. I had not heard that until the next morning because uh-huh. I'm trying to find out what what's, the guy said. What's yeah. so funny is uh, Colin Besley, who does the Wickham Wanderers show with Wickham right. Sound, he also reads out the classified results for the for the nation, right? And he went to do it the first week of the season and none of the games had finished. So he had no no results to read <laughs> out. So there's about four matches that had finished. <laughs> and there was none to. Rob, now whenever you come and talk to us, you always, uh, always tell us what's happening in the club and what's going on and what we can expect this season. And there's always stuff, there's always plans How's it going this year? You, you know, there's, there were so many things that you were dreaming of doing. Are we still doing some of those things? Oh, well, yeah. Club, you're, you know? you're starting to see the fruition of them. The, the <laughs> yeah. new kits, obviously. Uh, i I got to say this. The, the Hummel people have been pretty good. And I'll tell you why I only use the pretty good. But the, the kits themselves have been universally loved. Yeah. yeah. The green and white one, I was shocked. But, man, people love it to death. Yeah. I personally like the red away because it's got a different feel to it. I, I, I like the almost the way the way the cut the cloth is. It almost Look looks like you, red quarters. You're talking about clothing. Well, <laughs> couple of fashion kings like no, that. No, yeah. no, look at you. Look at you both. I can see you've gone for the shirt option like me. Right? Right. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's been great. Walking around the food and beverage. Uh, Will Shaw is a friend. I think he did great. But we brought in people with much more capital, and capital's the name of the game. They're producing a wider variety of food products in various places at a a cost that I think our fans appreciate. Bringing in these folks with with the trailers has done a great job. So the food product, I would give us an A on. Yeah. The the uh, changes on the club itself. I am a huge fan of Matt Bloomfield's, or I would not have hired him. Yeah. I am a much bigger fan of his today than I was the day I hired him, because he brings a a discipline and a relentlessness to his job that I appreciate in all of the people and all the companies that we work with. Matt had the courage to sit with me in the middle of June and say, "Here are the people I want." Here's what I think it's going to cost. If you will support me on this, yeah. I'll go get them. And he did it. Yeah. And let me say, it's not easy. The, I'm trying to remember, and you would know, Nigel, the, 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 the fellow from... Shrewsbury? Uh, no, well, Shrewsbury. Lynn, yeah, we, yeah, had, yeah, we yeah. had to up it up. Yeah, yeah. I told Luke, I said, man, you're, you're a big uh, asset for us now. Yeah. But no, uh, there's a there's West a lone player from West Nottingham Forest, Nottingham Forest Dale Taylor. Yeah, yeah. who's going to be great? It's going to score yeah. a lot. We got turned down repeatedly. He got in his car, drove up there, gave the presentation not just to, to Dale, but to his to all of the Nottingham Forest people. Yeah. Left with a commitment from them. Yes, he's going to go to you rather than a championship club. Yeah. And it's that. And look, that wasn't the only the kid from West Ham. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. It is relentless, and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Most definitely. I mean, uh, you talk to West Ham fans, and we've got a few around here on the right. on the, in the club as well um, as their Premier. Most of the people I spoke to are West Ham fans. Genuinely thought after his pre-season he was going to stay with the club and fight for a place in their first team. So for us to get him, that's a coup de gras in big time. Well, and, and what's really impressive is he wanted to play for Matt. Yeah. As much as, yeah, look, if he had stayed up, he would have gotten some minutes. There's no question. Yeah. But he wasn't going to be a big-time player there. He gets to come and he plays in, the, in, in Matt's system, which is a system that translates anywhere you want to yeah. go. It's fast, yeah, and, and he's going to get a lot of men's football experience. Yeah. yeah, most definitely, because up to now he's played... Although he's played men's football, most of it has been in under 23s. Right. So he's going to, physicality-wise, he's going to find a huge difference at this level. And, and some of those 28, 29, 32-year-old guys know how to hit you when you're not looking to be hit. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he's going to have to be wary right. about that. 
Other thing, you want to know what else is going yeah, on? Yeah, I do. I want to know. Want, I want to know it all. Wickham Sound in the relationship with this club, yes. I think, is the best of any radio station and football club in England. That it, is very kind of you it, to well, say so. I'm not, it's not kindness, and, and I see... My man over here is trying to look. Little Luke. <laughs> he needs a haircut, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Not tomorrow, apparently. <laughs> Waiting for Peter. <laughs> or Godot, one or the yeah, other. Who's going to come or first? To Hard to say. It's very difficult, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... Uh, but, no, the, the ever-growing shows that you have on, the relationship, the fact that you're out here. Although, I see they moved you. Yeah, yeah. we like it over here. We're close to the food and the bar. Well, that's, that's what I was nervous about. <laughs> Great to have the chairman speaking to us here on Wickham Sound. That was on Saturday at Adams Park before the game. And uh, lots more to bring you ahead of this week's fixture as well. Still to come before the end of the show, we'll hear from Freddie Potts, who of course is on loan from West Ham. We'll hear from the manager as well. We'll catch up with Mark Gateskill, who is the chief executive of Wickham Wanderers Foundation. You might recall last Tuesday, he and Martin O'Neill were on the pitch as the former boss was inducted as the foundation's new honorary president. Lots more to come as the Wickham Wanderer Show continues here on Wickham Sound. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound. Second part of the Wickham Wanderer Show for this week. Still to come, we'll hear from Wickham Wanderers women on how the Lionesses have inspired them. Of course, England getting to the final of the Women's World Cup. We'll catch up with Captain Cara House, a number of the players and coaching staff from the Chairgirls as well. And uh, lots more to come this hour too. But first, with a big thank you to the Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, this week we feature a man ahead of the EFL Cup tie with Sutton, who's played for both Wickham and the aforementioned uh, club as well. He played in midfield. His name's Larry Pritchard, and uh, by the sound of it, he enjoyed his stay at uh, both teams. Spent quite a long time at both, <laughs> and uh, worked hard both times, and enjoyed every minute. Well, not every minute, but most minutes. <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, fantastic to be so highly regarded by you know both your teammates and peers, but also to, by Brian Lee as well, who was always a big fan of yours. Yeah, he was... Uh, Quite a, uh, quite a long journey that because uh, I came across Brian at um, Bisham, which uh, because we trained there on a Sunday with the England side, and uh, I got to know him from that, and then uh, things turned around, and I went to, I went to Wickham for a little while, yeah, which was good. And I guess you couldn't have imagined quite how it would turn out, especially you know getting to play for your country as well. No, that's good. Yeah, very good. Very enjoyable. Is it quite strange in a way, though, to kind of compare your, your achievements between the two clubs? Because obviously you, you made many appearances for, for Sutton as well. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of appearances, over seven or eight hundred games for Sutton. But it was good. I enjoyed it most of the time. Most of the time, you always have ups and downs because you have a bits and pieces where you, uh, where you don't quite see where you're going. <laughs> and did you always envisage you perhaps come, become a coach and then go on to management as well? Uh, no, I didn't. I never, I never anticipated that because, um, you know, I just concentrated more on just uh, playing and getting things right. But uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that as well. And really nice as well that, that Brian Lee, obviously, that, that we talked about and, and, and several other managers as well, picked you out as kind of the best player uh, that they, they ever managed as well, which is, which is lovely sort of attribute to have. Yeah, that's, that is, that's very nice, to be honest. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm come across Brian because of uh, his his situation at Bisham Abbey. I got into the England squad and Great Britain squad and we went there to train every... It felt like every other day, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, we, we, we trained there and I got to know him from that. And then uh, when uh, things started to get to beside him where I really wanted to end up, I thought, well, yeah, I was impressed by his uh, performance at Bisham Abbey. And then at Wickham, they started to look the business, so it was great to go there. And there's really nice symmetry, isn't there, in the fact that Sid Cairn, of course, who was uh, successful at Wickham, was, was the man who took you to, to Sutton as well? Yes, yes, he was at Sutton. As, uh, yeah, very good. Very small world, isn't it? <laughs> no, definitely. It's fascinating to look at the different, you know, those who've played for both sides throughout the, the decades, really. Yeah, 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 very true. Um, and enjoyable, too, because, uh, you know, I played with some lovely 
lovely people at both clubs, you know, and good players and good attitudes, and that's what the managers look for uh, in, in those, those sort of days, you know. It was fantastic. Would you say your experiences at both clubs were quite similar? Yes, I would say so, yes. We had uh, a lot of good games, in, uh, as, as, as you say, had a lot of good games in both, both clubs. I always took every game as it was, but uh, we, uh, we but, yeah, both clubs, very good. And they looked after everybody, they were very good, yes. And are there sort of midfielders now you especially look out for, because you know, they, they play in a similar position to yourself? No, not really. I, 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 we watch, obviously watch football quite a bit. Uh, not, uh, I don't go to many games now, to be honest, because we're getting a bit uh, past that. But, uh, you know, I like, to, I like to watch television and watch the games on there, and I enjoy watching the, the performances. And, uh, you know, I have fond memories of games that we, we, where we went abroad and played in. I couldn't tell you any of the names of the people we played against, but when we were playing in France and Spain and teams like that, it was fantastic. You know, good games. And also, the, obviously, what comes across from speaking to other ex-players is the real camaraderie between everyone in the dressing room. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah. I think that's, that's down to the management to get the, the right balance of people. And um, I'm fortunate the managers I've been involved with have, have done that, you know, and they've been excellent. And what are some of the things that perhaps you took from managers that you played for when you became a manager yourself? Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I tried. <laughs> um, and I, I enjoyed the management, uh, but uh, it's a lot harder than uh, people think. <laughs> I guess it's not the same as playing either, is it? Because you're not—you no, you can't not. influence the game as much. No, you can't. No, but it, but it was—it was. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, very good. You know, it was nice to. I mean, that was part of the uh, Bishop Abbey type situation where we had uh, well, not every Sunday, but there was a lot of Sundays where you know you've played on a Saturday and then you go home and you go back and then all of a sudden you're training again at uh, half past ten, eleven o'clock and it lasts all day and it, quite tiring in the end <laughs> it was brilliant because uh, great coaches knew what they were doing very good and you must look back with such a sense of pride from your time representing both clubs yes I do I do. I, 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 in fact I've, I've talked to that, a few people about both of that situation where they were, both of them were and that's why they were successful, the pair of them, I think, because they, they picked the right people to run the side, run the club. And very good. And it really highlights the kind of, uh, obviously, family values as well and, and how important clubs of that, that size and stature are. Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, uh, most of yes. And obviously fans of both teams are so, so grateful for your contribution as well, which must be a nice feeling. Well, yeah, it, and you don't, don't, don't see them now. You don't see any, you know, I, don't know, I don't go to football much now, but I've been a few times this season but so far. But, uh, yeah, yeah, very good. So, obviously, the two teams are meeting next week in the Cup. Does that really kind of evoke memories for you as well? Uh, well yeah, well, it will do, yes. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> still very good. Still enjoyable. I still enjoy watching all the games, so... I don't, I don't get to many games now as I used to, but uh, you know that, that might change as we get along. No, absolutely. It must be really nice for you to, as well to, to reflect on your career and, and, and what you achieved both at club level, but also, as I say, representing your country as well. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I haven't got much on show, to be honest, in the house. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to... When I, when I get up in the, in the loft, to, this might sound stupid to you, but when I get up in the loft and I've got all my caps up there, it uh, brings just suddenly jerks you back into life and think, oh, yeah, that's fantastic, How, what it was like. In a way, does it not really feel like that long ago? ago? It, feels, it feels a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> when you're you, getting on the years, yeah. <laughs> but it's nice that you've got those, those memories as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, lovely, absolutely lovely. And I was very fortunate to be in two very, very good clubs and with very good managers and uh, and people around. So that, that was very good. And you had such a long career as well. What, what would you put that down to? 
Yeah, I kept myself fit. <laughs> we'll try to. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed for your time. No, it's very good. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Great hearing from former Wickham Wanderers midfielder Larry Pritchard, who also went on to play, coach and manage next Tuesday's opponents in the EFL Cup, Sutton United. Talking of a cup, though, you may well have seen the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. Uh, that was on Sunday, of course, in Australia, uh, where England just fell short, finished as runners-up against Spain. It was a great game. Uh, there was uh, plenty to inspire. In fact, Serena Vigman's side have had a fantastic tournament and also build-up to the tournament. Sunday was the first time they lost since the uh, Dutch coach took over. Uh, a brilliant result, very inspirational. But what sort of an impact has it had on Wickham Wanderers women? Hello, I'm Cara Howes, Wickham Wanderers women's captain. For me, football has been a part of my life since I was five. From playing football with my brother with his mates, to playing in an all-female team, to first-team football. The game has certainly changed over the years. It's staggering to see the game grow from not having television rights to it being on multiple stations. Just shows how far it's come. The Lionesses have had a huge impact on everyone, especially young girls. When I was growing up, I never really had a role model to look up to. But now, the young girls of the world do. And it's amazing to see this. Many of our players are really excited by what the national team is doing for their game. The World Cup and women's football in general has come so far. And as a player, it's really nice to have like role models to look up to and to aspire to be like. I think the sport's grown so much recently from the Euros and now the World Cup, so I think, yeah, it's a really good time to be a part of it. I think the Euros has completely changed women's football, especially for those that are sort of up and coming through sort of the youth squads and into the under-18s, etc. It's becoming a more popular thing everywhere you look and people get more involved and it's really good to see the growth of the game over the past few years. It's nice to have role models that are like doing what you want to do and you can watch them and yeah it's lovely. It's really good inspiration and I actually look forward to actually watching them and I want to take a bit of what they're bringing to our game as well. The success of European champions has really captured the imagination of female footballers so much that there was outrage on social media that replica England goalkeeper shirt isn't available. It's an issue which shows that the discrepancy is between the men's and women's game, but our goalkeeper coach Ed feels it also demonstrates the profile of our sport is increasing. The men's and the women's game, you have to treat them differently because the women's game is emerging. And I think the platform of the Euros, and particularly the Lionesses win, but also the World Cup is, is seeing it exposed to a whole new audience. And the thing I'm really looking forward to is, is I'd be so, so surprised if we don't get inquiries off the back of what happens here, irrespective of England's performance, because people are enjoying it and are enjoying women's football and are enjoying the atmosphere. But the very idea that Mary shirt sold out at Manchester United, you know, tells me that perhaps there are kids who, who look up to Mary Earps, just as, as a kid I looked up to Peter Schmeichel. With that in mind, you know, fingers crossed we'll be, we'll be getting more people knocking on the door asking to be goalkeepers as well, and, and we'll happily take a look at them too. We've noticed a real increase in interest in women's football recently. Our manager, Carl, was expecting that to be even greater following the tournament in Australia and New Zealand. The interest we got off the back of the Euros was massive. So I, I, can, I can imagine what it's going to be like this time around. But even saying that, you know, our recruitment was, you know, I say about 85% done by May. You know, we're now back at training and, and we're still getting inquiries. So the interest in women's football is massive at the moment. There's loads of young girls out there that want to be chair girls and it's trying to find the space for those players. It's sometimes the hardest thing, but um, no, it's brilliant at the moment. It's great seeing the younger players develop. Sunny coaches are under 18s. It's got to be enjoyable because if you think about it, basically football is a game and if you're enjoying playing the game, you're going to play much better. And again, looking at when the Euros was to the World Cup now, look how much has happened in that short period. We're looking at, what, just a year? And the game's progressed, the female game's progressed so much since then. But it's all positive, it's really positive stuff, so it's super exciting. We're all looking forward to the new season and would love you to be a part of it. Either coming to the games, getting involved on or off the pitch, or just following on social media. Online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. 
final part of this week's Wickham Wanderer show. Still to come, we'll hear from manager Matt Bloomfield on uh, how beneficial it's been having a full week's training uh, and preparation for this Saturday's game with uh, nothing on Tuesday. We'll hear from Freddie Potts as well on how he's settling in and what he thinks about uh, his early games amongst the squad too. Lots more to bring you, uh, but first, if you're listening last week, we were fortunate enough to speak to Martin O'Neill, who that week on the Tuesday night game at Adams Park had been inducted as honorary president of the club's charity on the Wickham Wanderers Foundation. I'm very pleased to say we can hear from their chief executive, Mark Gateskill, on the appointment and uh, some brilliant other events coming up. Obviously a, a first for the foundation and, and what a first. You know, obviously we're, we're delighted to secure Martin's name. You know, I think I had a chat with Matt Cecil about Wickham's Mount Rushmore and we had Martin on there. So we had Martin, Gareth, uh, Bayo. And, and Blooms, so we've secured one of the, I think, one of the, the icons of the club, and obviously his association with the foundation just spreads our reach, which is, you know, one of our kind of key objectives, really, because the more people that know about the foundation and what we do and how we do it, the more people we can impact and support and help, so Martin helps that, but he's also committed to a couple of events with us as well, so um, he's delighted to accept the, the role, but he's not just it's not just by name, he's, he's going to get involved, he's really keen to support the, the work that we're doing. And as when we spoke to him, we discussed that just the fact that he's so well known for getting the best out of players, and, and that's something that's really sort of what the foundation's all about, really, getting the best out of people. It, it, exactly, and I think you, you've only got to spend five minutes in Martin's company to just be captivated by his, his football experience, his charisma, his passion for the game and what it can do for for people of all walks of life. So it feels like a really sort of seamless connection for him to be connected still to the football club, because obviously we are the football club, and, and to help us with the work that we're doing in the community. And it really shows, uh, you know, as, as we've spoken to you about before as well, but how, how powerful football can be as, as a sort of vehicle, if that's the right word, for, for all sorts of things, for, for all sorts of ages and, and such a wide appeal in the community. Oh, absolutely. And I had one conversation with Martin and, and he was sold on the idea. So, you know, and, and he, you know, he's a, he's a giant of the game, I feel. You know, I remember growing up seeing him in, in the Premier League and on, on the international stage. So so having having him then support the work of the football club and, and us as its foundation and, and how we're helping and supporting all different groups within the community, I think it's, um, it's a great coup and, and adds real value. It must be a great opportunity for you to be able to sort of say to him as well what you do and, and give examples as well. Yeah, you know, look, he he was aware that the club had a charitable arm as as most football clubs do now. But really, I I spent an hour in his company when we were talking about the position and sort of talked about the foundation and and what we do and 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 how we do it. And he he was really you know really interested. And I think there was a few things that that surprised him. You know, like. Our, our refugee skateboarding program, you know, that's not something that you would sort of immediately associate with it, with a football club. So I think it, it captivated his his attention, and um, like I said, he, he accepted the role pretty much straight away. So um, yeah, we're, we're delighted, really happy. Especially, I think, with things like obviously when you launched the the Reardon room, it was so fantastic to see that that video of the things that you do do. You know, just ranging from things like you know the warm hub to you know working with school children and literally generations of people that can benefit. Yeah. Look, I think the the foundation, you know, we want it and the football club to be the heart of our community, to be a hub for all different people, all different ages, people who love football, people who don't love football. Um, and I think we're 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 achieving that. And, and actually, like I said, that 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 does come to people's awareness and us spreading our message and having someone of the profile of Martin to help spread that message is is fantastic. I think as well, especially inclusion is a word that you hear a lot, I guess, especially these days, but it really does sum up, you know, what you would do as a foundation. Yeah, yeah. So inclusion and cohesion is, is one of our departments and, and a key one and, and, and is growing because for us, our objective, we, we're, we're fortunate, you know, lots of charities are geared towards helping a specific group of people or a specific um, part of the community. Our our scope is almost endless, which is which is great. And football is often a, a common language. You know, it, it unites people of all different shapes, sizes and backgrounds. So so for us, if there's a group in the community that, that need a helping hand or a bit of support, often we can use football as that vehicle to initiate and, and engage and, and try and deliver some provision. So 
I think in the in the last 12 months, the, the number of community groups that we're we're supporting is, is increasing all of the time. So yeah, I think we're we're, we're going to reach more people with, with Martin's help. So what do you sort of hope to achieve, if you like, having Martin as your honorary president? Look, I think awareness, as I've mentioned, is is, is a big one. When we were formerly Wickham Wanderers Sports and Education Trust, that you know, I, I got told when I when I joined we were the best kept secret in Bucks. Um, I'd like to think we're no longer that, um, but just because we've taken some strides forward with our with our rebrand to Wickham Wanderers Foundation and and our our, our work with the football club, uh, we we want that to continue. We want to grow our our, our presence and our and our reach, and, and Martin helps with that for sure. He's also committed to a couple of fundraising events. So for us and for lots of charities, you know, funding and fundraising are always a, a big and continuous challenge. And I think us as a foundation, we've, we've perhaps put down our own fundraising efforts for a little while and I'm picking those back up um, and Martin's going to help with that. So we're, we're, we're planning um, an evening with Martin O'Neill uh, at Adams Park and um, along with one of my new trustees, uh, Alan Parry, the, the sports broadcaster. So Martin and Alan are good friends and obviously Alan's got some great stories and Martin's got some great stories. So we're, we're planning to have a, a really fantastic event at Adams Park, which Martin will be part of. And then another fundraising event towards the, the end of the year, which I, I just can't reveal the details of <laughs> just yet. Well, but both sound very good. I don't even know what one of them is. Exactly. There you go. I've, I've enticed you in there, Colin. <laughs> and does it feel like a really exciting time, you know, with the, the change of uh, manager as well, some of the new players coming in, but also, you know, the, the, the great direction that, that the foundation's taking as well? Yeah, look, I think we're, we're really united and in, in heading in the, in the same direction, you know, and, and obviously the performance on the pitch is, is important. And, and it feels weird to say it after only two games. It felt really, really important and a must-win game on on Tuesday to get that first win of the season, just to, to settle the, I think, settle the nerves amongst the, the players. We've got lots of new additions, some young players, and just to get that, that, that win and that tick in the box, I think is going to be a real momentum shift. And hopefully it can be a, be a really successful season under a club legend and then another club legend, now part of the foundation. Well, we look forward to hearing more about what the, what the foundation is doing as the, as the year goes on. Real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much, Neef, for your time. Absolute pleasure. Mark Gateskill, who's the chief executive of the Wickham Wanderers Foundation, and do look out for more on some of the great work that they do uh, on this programme and, of course, on the club's website as well. Lots more to bring you on that in the coming weeks on this show, and we'll be building up to the Wickham Wanderers women, who we heard from a little earlier on as well, as their season kicks off uh, what's now next month, isn't it? Uh, But very soon, and we'll catch up with manager Carl Simon in more depth as well. Uh, That's coming up, I think, on next week's show. Uh, Lots to look forward to, of course, continuing with our Wickham Wanderers X players feature. Uh, we'll look at the club as well in more detail, hopefully catching up with uh, Tom, who's the club secretary, as the transfer window closes. That'll be very interesting as well. In the coming weeks, lots more to bring you as well. I've been at the training ground as well for the press session. This week, catching up with Freddie Potts, uh, finding out how he's been settling in on his move from West Ham. I've enjoyed it. I've, I've said to everyone, I've, I've enjoyed it so far. The lads have helped me settle in so well, and uh, all the staff, all the, everyone here involved in Wickham has helped me settle in really well. And yeah, like I say, I'm really enjoying it so far. And obviously you're used to Premier League football. Has it been much of an adjustment for you? Uh, yeah, it has. I feel like it has been an adjustment, but in in, in a really good way. I've, like I said, I've been enjoying it. The different style of plays, you know, the the different tests that League One offers. It's a lot more physical, I think, than what I'm used to in, in the 21s football at West Ham. But... Um, yeah, I'm just I'm thrilling to take the challenge on this season. Do you really feel it benefit your game from your time here? Definitely. You know, it's the reason I've come here to play men's football, and I want to achieve things with Wickham because I feel like it's a it's a club that can achieve things um, in the future. And even before I came here, I know of know of Wickham that they should be in the Championship at least, and that's that's the targets that we're going to try and try and achieve this season. And does it feel like a really exciting time to be part of the, the side with the new arrivals and obviously the, the manager not that long been in place? Yeah, it's a new group. It's uh, with new obviously a new manager. Uh, everyone's excited. You know, everyone's want the way the season started wasn't the way we wanted it to. But I feel like now everything started to settle down. The results will come, and they have started to come. Um, we feel like we should have won on the weekend. Uh, we were unlucky not to get three points, but we're we're excited for the challenge going ahead this season how does it feel like in the opening games there's a real kind of settling in period and you're, you're as you say starting to gel now yeah definitely I feel like everyone was starting to gel as a squad and um, yeah I feel performances are coming the results are coming and um, we're looking forward to the games ahead
and obviously fans are really excited to see yourself and kind of what you do and I guess you know there's a lot you're looking to bring to the team as well yeah um, I feel like it's, I've tried to, to establish what I'm about as a player um, I tried to help the team as much as possible and you know getting more starts and more and more appearances as the, as the year goes on hopefully I can get the opportunities to, to keep showcasing that and do you set sort of personal goals or sort of things that you'd like to, to achieve you know whilst you're here Personally, myself, uh, I just want to. I just want to play every game. Um, the main focus for me is for the team to win, to win things this year. That's my aim. But uh, for me as a person, I haven't set many personal targets. It's just keep playing more, more, more and more games in men's football in League One, which is a, a really good standard, and um, establish myself in, in the team. But I want the, the team to achieve more than anything. And does it feel like you know each year we say this, but does it feel like especially League One, it's, it's really close and competitive? Yeah, it's a, it's a very competitive league. I feel like every team is is near enough even with each other. I feel like every game is a tough game that I've experienced this season so far different tests different different teams the way, wanna, the way they want to play like I say I feel like we're all confident in the way we play and the way Wickham does things you know I feel like every game we go into we want to win we don't go in as, as the underdog which is a mentality that all the players here have from the staff and all the players in the squad I feel like we want to win things we want to win games every week which is why we were so disappointed on the weekend not to get all three points and what are some of the things you've taken from the opening games you know fantastic as you say at the weekend to have a clean sheet and it feels like some real strong foundations being built yeah definitely strong foundations are being built um, the first game Exeter uh, getting used to the physicality of the league very very quickly but now things are settling in we can start to play the way that we want to play and yeah performances are going to come the results are going to come and it's a good, good step in, good step going forward. Obviously, still really early in the season, and, and Bristol Rovers next again. You know, a team I guess who will provide many challenges. Yeah, uh, and again, another another good team that we're going to come up against. But I feel like they'll be saying the same thing about us. Um, so it's going to be a good test for both teams. And I hope, I think the way we're we're setting up to play is it's going to be positive, and the, we're going to try and get three points this weekend. And as it helps in your preparations that you haven't had a Tuesday game f- this week for the first time in a little while? Yeah, it's different. It's been the first time since I've been here that we've actually been able to get some training sessions in. We're excited, we're preparing, we feel confident for the weekend. And yeah, we, we want to get three points this weekend. Have there been particular areas that you've been working on, especially this week? Um, nothing's really changed. Um, the way we were, we were happy with the performance that we've done on, on Saturday against Burton. Um, we, we're going going into this game on, on the front foot and we, we want to be a... We want to be the team to, to dominate things and, and to control the game and, and to hopefully come up with three points. And obviously a cup game next week as well. It's again quite exciting to sort of test yourself in that competition. Yeah, um, Tuesday night at Adams Park. Um, you see the Leighton Orient game, how, how good that was, the action. We're, we're buzzing for it. But like I say, the first thing is focus on this Saturday. We want to get a win this Saturday and we'll focus on the game next Tuesday after that. And what will be your message to, to the fans at the moment? Uh, keep believing. We're, we're, the results are going to come. We're all positive. We all believe in, in ourselves. There's, there is some serious talent in this this squad of players. We're, we're competitive. We, we've got that group cohesion together now. Um, we feel like we can achieve things this year. And every game that we go into, we we don't go in with an underdog mentality. We're, we're trying to win every game. And I speak that from myself and through from all the players as well. We we do want to win every single game this year. Freddie Potts speaking to us here on Wickham Sound in the build-up to the game against Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Also as part of the press session at the training ground, caught up with manager Matt Bloomfield to reflect on how beneficial it's been to have a full week's training as preparation for the game with uh, no fixture on a Tuesday night. Uh, it's been a while since we've had that. Yeah, I think it's been a, a real benefit to get the boys back out on the on the grass at the training ground. As we said after the game on Saturday, we're still a, a group that's coming together uh, as a cohesive unit. We're still trying to implement all the tactical stuff that we uh, missed with time in pre-season. So it's been it's been great to have some time on the grass and uh, have some some real quality time uh, working on bits with the lads. And have you noticed a real development already in the early stages throughout the games that you've played? Absolutely. I think if you look at uh, some of the performances in pre-season, um, certainly you know we, we look back right from the first game at, at Arsenal um, that we played and, and then going through the pre-season games and up until even the league games that we've had so far, I think there's been improvements and developments. It's not going to be, you know, it's never linear. Um, improvement and evolution is never linear. There's going to be bumps along the way, but um, I think if you look at our performances, there's definitely been improvements. There's definitely been things that we've been working on that we've been able to change and there's also still plenty that we need to improve moving forward. Other aspects that have really stood out for you, obviously the clean sheet on Saturday was, was really key and you talked about the foundations as well. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you know we kept two clean, sheet in our, two clean sheets in our five games so far. Obviously we've conceded 
too many goals for us or anyone else's liking. Um, so we've, we've been working hard on that um, during this week and in, in previous weeks also. I think if you look at the, the style of our play and the and the way we want to go about our business, there's definitely been an evolution there as well. So it's uh, it's small steps, but we have to be um, fairly content with the development we've made, but also we have real intensity and eagerness to, to keep uh, improving. Is it still really early or too early to say that you know the team's starting to play in the way that you'd like? Um, yeah, I think yeah, I think if you you know to the naked eye, it's definitely been some some changes that we've implemented and some improvements in terms of the way we want to do things. But it's too early to say are, are we the final product? Absolutely too too early for that. Um, we are a team that's trying to find our feet. We're a team that's trying to um, get the units together and uh, learn about the different relationships on the pitch. You know, because of the lack of pre-season time we had with the group, we obviously having to do these live in in league matches and cup matches. So it's still early days for us but um, you know I think we've got to have a, a very balanced view of um, being pleased with what we've done so far but also you know that real eagerness to keep improving moving forward and great to start seeing some players coming back who, who perhaps had a difficult pre-season with injury yeah definitely so yeah, we've had uh, Jason McCarthy and uh, and David Wheeler back out on the grass this week obviously Voxie and, and Joshy missed a lot of pre-season building themselves up um, you know Taff and Chrissy missed a, a big chunk of it as well. So there's, there's plenty of bodies that we feel are, are on the upward curve, uh, and it's just up to us as as a group to to keep proving that out on the pitch. That's where we're judged. And Bristol Rovers obviously coming up next. Again, a team who will provide all sorts of challenges for you. Yeah, I think they recruited really well in the summer. Um, I think Joey's done a great job in the recruitment. They've got a couple of younger boys on loan. They've got some senior bodies that they've obviously gone and and highlighted that can improve them. And we know they've got a goal threat. We know that they're a a team with, with good legs about them so uh, we know it's going to be a tough game on Saturday afternoon uh, at Bristol Obviously you're playing a team whose, whose manager wasn't too complimentary about your players previously but it'll be nice for you to say look at my new look team he'll be, he'll be a lot happier this time hopefully yeah, th- yeah one of the things we try and do here is just concentrate on ourselves um, you know uh, we we are uh, pleased with the way we conduct ourselves and the way we, we go about our business. We're, we're really proud of the group we've got together in the summer, but I was also really proud of the team that we took down there at the end of last season. So everyone's entitled to their opinion, but all we care about is what we do uh, in our building and what, how we conduct ourselves, and that's, that's all we can do. And is there a really good feeling in the group that it's, you know, it's an exciting time early in the season and what can be achieved going forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, I think that it's also a, an interesting time in terms of getting the group together. It's really intriguing to to see those relationships form and the dynamic of the group getting together. You know, no putting a team and a group together is, as I've said earlier on, it's never linear. There's going to be ups and downs, but there's a real excitement about us. I think there's a real belief amongst the group that we know we've got some good players here, and um, we're really excited to see what the rest of the season can hold. And again, it feels like an exciting time with you know sort of building up to I guess kind of the fir- first ten games is, is a real kind of marker if you like to see how, how far you come. Yeah, definitely. I think that you know we've got another exciting week next week. We've got two league games and the cup game. You know, you, once you get towards eight ten games, you do get kind of a bit of an idea of how the season's going to go. But obviously, exceptions to that rule as well. You always see some teams start off like a train and fall away, and there's always you know other teams that start off slowly and, and really find their feet as the season goes on, get stronger. Uh, I obviously believe that we're going to get stronger as the season goes on and we get fitter and more um, united as a, as a team and as a group. So, yeah, we hope to be, be that team, but we also want to get as many points on the board as soon as we can. And just finally, I know when we spoke to you before, there are certain aspects of your job that you can't necessarily prepare for, but how, how have you found these, these opening few, few games in terms of sort of being in charge? Yeah, can't prepare for things. I think that, you know, obviously the best laid plans are put in place. Then you get beat the first game 3 0 and you have to keep evolving and, and, and moving. Um, but whilst you say that, there's also, you know, a deep belief and a trust amongst our staff and a group of players that we're heading in the right direction. I don't think that changed, you know, either side of that first game or either side of the, the win and the draw we had last week. So, you know, we, we're really confident and we have a high belief in the, in the group that we've put together. And like I say, we're. We're uh, we're relentless in the terms of the way we want to improve. We're relentless in how we want to move forward, and we have to make sure we keep proving that. And as I say, yeah, it doesn't matter what happens on the training ground. It's about Saturday afternoon, and we have to make sure that we we keep putting points on the board. Pleasure to speak to you, the manager. We'll hear more from him on next week's show. Uh, Luke joins us for what can only be described as the the final bit. The padding. I mean, sorry, <laughs> notice board. The notice board. Yes, the uh, padding. How very much. I apologise. Uh, I have some family day updates for you. Would you like some? Yes, please. Good. Here was a hint last week. Uh, I can now tell you there will be Lords Surf Simulator and large deck chairs. That screams Nigel, doesn't it? Uh, Wickham Swan Theatre's Beauty and the Beast interactive activities. Wickham Leisure Centre's football activities. Face painting. Petting pigs with cute little pigs. No, let's not go there and start talking about pigs. Uh, teacups 
Uh, and there will also be a designated area in the car park where fans can meet non-playing players and get photos and autographs. But when is this Family Fun Day? Well, Colin, what a great question. It's going to be on Saturday, the 30th of September. September, not December, if it sounds like that. September. Uh, that is the Wickham versus Carlisle United game. It starts at three o'clock, the game, but activities start at 12, Colin. A real fun day for all the family. Yeah, no, it's going to be really good. The last two family fun days have been brilliant, so looking forward to this one as well. No, it should be a cracker. Uh, you've got some kit news. Uh, yeah, it's not good news. Uh, Wicked Wanderers announced yesterday uh, that uh, due to further delays to the dispatch of home and away shirts due to problems with the shipment received from Hummel over the weekend, uh, that there is going to be a delay. Uh, fans who placed an order with uh, will receive an email notification as soon as it's gone out of the warehouse. So keep an eye on... Keep an eye on your new email. Keep an eye on your emails, Colin. Just keep an eye on Just them. keep an eye on them, Colin. Yes, I am. I Good. am. Okay. Um, and finally, uh, some some sad news. Oh, boo! Um, because ah. it's it's nearly a year uh, since Bill Turnbull died, which uh, is shocking that it's nearly a year. It is. The time has gone so quickly. Um, but more than 300 walkers will be setting off from Wembley Stadium to Adams Park on Sunday the 17th of September, uh, raising funds and awareness for prostate cancer in memory of the late, great Bill Turnbull. Um, and there's going to be lots going on around Bill Turnbull as well over the next couple of weeks with prostate cancer and Wickham Wanderers as well. Um, if you want to find out all the details, uh, www.fc.com for all of those three notice board sections. And you could, should give us an update as well on your, on your role as uh, Wanderers TV producer. Uh, it's going well. Phil's still alive, so that's good. Uh, he's not succumbed to uh, any technical issues this week, so it's going well. It's all going well so far. So far, so good. What's been most enjoyable? There's a table tennis table appeared at the uh, training table ground. Table tennis has arrived. That's been very... Com- uh, com- What's the word I'm looking for? Competitive. Yeah, it has been very competitive. Um, I haven't played it while um, the boys have been around because they're all rather good at it and I'm not. But I did have a, uh, a quick game with Matt Cecil uh, earlier yesterday um, and I think Matt went on easy on me just because I'm a bit rubbish. He appears to be very good at table tennis. He seems to be good at everything. It's rather annoying. Okay. Table tennis, cricket. Josh Scowan's very good at cricket as well. Yes, you've played cricket at the training ground. I've played cricket, cricket at the training ground. It's just, I've not played football at the cr- uh, training ground, but I have played cricket and ping pong. This is some fantastic insight. Thank you. Is it interesting? Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, good. Yeah, no, uh, Josh Gowan's very good at cricket. Luke Lee, he was very good at cricket. Uh, Phil Catchpole, very good at cricket. And JT from the kit area of the training ground. Uh, has a very, he's very good at bowling. Ooh. I think he did about 80 overs at one point. Luke and JT also very good at table tennis, it appears. Yes, they are. I said everyone, that's why I've not been playing with them, because I'm just going to look like an idiot. Just, yeah, just play by yourself against yeah. the wall, that'll yeah, do it. Exactly. I was doing that on the phone earlier, and Joe Jacobson walked in and sort of just smiled as a, no, oh, look at you, playing <laughs> by yourself. Having a little practice. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Uh, of You're course, uh, we've got uh, the game against uh, Bristol Rovers, that's away on Saturday. Uh, then Sutton United in the Cup. It's been a, a busy August, hasn't it? It has been very busy August. Thank you very much for joining us on the show this week. Come on, you blues. <laughs>